0: Welcome to The Aggressive Life. This is Brian. It's time to take action, not think about taking action. Actually, take action. That's what The Aggressive Life is all about. It's what you do every day that matters. Not what you plan every day, that's fine. Not what you think about every day, though that's important. Not what you plan on getting around to. Not what you feel, but what you freaking do every day. Your daily habits and rhythms They just might be the thing that clears the way for you to have an aggressive breakthrough. At least that's what my next guest book proclaims. His book is called Win the Day: Seven Habits to Help You Stress Less and Accomplish More. His name is Mark Batterson. He's been a friend of mine for years. He, gosh. He sent me this awesome tool for killing lions. Maybe we'll get into that in just a moment. The dude's written 20 books. 20 books? Mark Batterson, what the heck do you do with your life other than freaking
1: read and write books? Mark Batterson, welcome to The Aggressive Life. Hey, Brian, I'm just trying to be aggressive. I'm trying to be aggressive <laughs> with my book writing. <laughs> you, you
0: are aggressive. Mom, incredibly aggressive. And gosh, you've been making hay. You're a New York Times best-selling author on the side, or as your main gig, you lead the lead the National Community Church in Washington, D.C. You've, man, you're really really impressive dude, man. I, I, You're a kind of guy makes me feel like a loser when I'm around you. I can't get five <laughs> people to buy my book, and
1: you've written 20. That's amazing. Oh. Hey, Brian, you know how easy pastoring is. Pastoring's so easy that it leaves us so much time on the side to do other things, right? Exactly.
0: <laughs> hey, let's stop teasing people on the okay. uh, on the how to kill a lion thing. Tell, tell people about the, de- the deal you sent me a couple years ago and how you found it and what it does.
1: Yeah, well, th- the very first book I ever ever wrote was In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day. Longest title ever. And then the sequel was Chase the Lion. It's this little story embedded in the Old Testament about a guy named Beniah chases a lion into a pit on a snowy day, kills it. He becomes King David's bodyguard, eventually commander-in-chief of Israel's army. And he's just kind of one of those unsung heroes. Uh, Totally motivating story. Bottom line, uh, don't run away from what you're afraid of, run to the roar. So that kind of was the, the book that we, chatted about a few years ago.
0: And the thing, describe the thing that was made of wood that you sent to me.
1: Oh, yeah. Come on. The uh, lion spike, you hold it in your hand. It's how a boy becomes a man. You you go on a lion hunt and you have to put it into the spike, into the lion's mouth so that it punctures the upper and lower jaw. Um, I I don't know, Brian. That's amazing. My rite of passage with my kids wasn't quite as dramatic as that.
0: (laughs) No, mine was. (laughs) I, I thought I was pretty cool taking my son on a motorcycle trip, but sticking a wooden diamond-shaped thing that has a hole in it for your fingers into... Yes. A, and that's a real legit thing. You didn't make yourself... That's a real legit thing.
1: No, I, I, may be the, I may own more line spikes than anybody in the world because I had someone go to a market in Kenya and buy as many as they could because they're handcrafted by the Maasai tribe, and, uh, and you have one of them.
0: That's exactly right. So let's talk about goals and habits. Just just give us a 30,000-foot view of this material you have and why you're pretty excited about it.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I don't care what goal you're going after, what habit you're trying to make or break. It's going to happen one day at a time. Simply put, yesterday is history, tomorrow is mystery. Y- you have to win the day. Now, the reality is, you have to then define what it means to win the day, and and that looks different for different people on different days. But it's living in daytight compartments, living like each day is the first day and last day of your life. And I, I share some practical tips and tricks and tools that I, I think will help help you do that.
0: I was today on a call with the, actually my agent uh, for for author stuff, and we were talking about uh, this thing I have going on. I'm trying to get to Alaska to hunt. I've taken up hunting. It's really a new, fun thing. I'm on a steep learning curve. It's difficult. It, it takes research. It takes training. I'm really, really into it. And I was sharing with her how I just had a phone call with some guys who, uh, who I hunt with and have ridden motorcycles with about going to Alaska on an Alaskan expedition, taking a, taking a float plane up to... Once you get to Alaska, float plane in the middle of the bush because there's no roads, whatever, dropping down, getting in rafts and just rafting down a 100 miles of uninhabited river and pulling off from time to time to set up camp and hunt for moose and caribou. And I was just kind of lamenting the guys that we just talked about this with. I had an Alaskan expert on the Zoom call last night. Um, they basically, after hearing it, were, were not up for it for cost reasons or for life stage reasons. And, you know, I get that. I'm a, i am— I'm an empty nester who's a a prime peak earning years, so I don't I don't have some of those barriers. But I came away from that going, man, I I, I'm gonna have to figure out who to do this thing with. And 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 Esther said, so yeah, you you want to cross that off your bucket list, huh? And I said, I I don't have a bucket list. I've I've never had a bucket list. She said, you're kidding. Uh, no no i never have i think the movie bucket list is awesome i think it's fine to yeah, have that but right? i am the anti-planning guy i don't yes i don't i don't plan things i find out about things i go oh i want to do that let's make it happen now you, you talk about that in your book and yes. you actually talk about why it is that people who set goals like a bucket list like never
1: achieve them or rarely why is that Well, if you can have all the goals you want, but if you don't reverse engineer them into daily habits, it's you're wishing on a star. You're trying to win the lottery instead of win the day. And so uh, 75% of new year's resolutions fail within the first month. And it's because when you think in one year timelines, like I I quit, I quit before I even get started. And so the, the key question to me, Brian, is can you do it for a day? And I don't care what habit you're trying to make or break. Anybody can do anything for a day. And then the idea is getting into a winning streak. And it, oh man, that might sound like a Jedi mind trick, but it's really not. It's about these daily habits that become part of our rhythm and routine. And uh, you you start winning the day a few days in a row and it can can change the game big time. Um, Give me a complainer. For 40 days, I can turn them into someone who's grateful for anything and everything. If you if you will practice a daily gratitude journal and you'll write it, um, it will flip the script. It will your mindset will begin to change. It will change uh, that little reticular activating system that determines what we notice and what goes unnoticed. And so I, I just, I, I believe it. I believe one day at a time and almost anyone can accomplish almost anything if they work at it long enough, hard enough and smart enough. Reticular
0: activation system. <laughs> See, only somebody who writes 20 books would ever say, what, what is a reticular activation system? <laughs> well, I don't know how to spell it. No, what's, I'm just what's kidding. What's reticular? What are you talking about?
1: Yeah, so it's it, based of the brainstem. It's this little cluster of cells that literally it's like the brain's radar. So it determines what you notice and what goes unnoticed. And Brian, you and I both know if you're looking for an excuse, you will always find one. And if you're looking uh, for an opportunity, you will always find one. So the, the key is what is that radar set on? And uh, that's going to dictate an awful lot in your life.
0: So we may all not have stated goals, but everybody has something that they want to do. Uh, let's just mention some possibilities and I want, want you to help us through this. Uh, one, I already mentioned, I want to do an Alaska hunt. That's something I want to do or a goal. Uh, I want to run a marathon. I know you did a Chicago marathon recently. Uh, I want to send my kids to college. Uh, I want to have my marriage last 50 years. I want to start a new business. You've got a seven step plan or seven habits that will activate those things. Tell us about them.
1: Yeah, why don't we take the marathon? You know, I I had a miracle happen in my life. I had severe asthma for 40 years and I haven't touched an inhaler, as of this recording, 1,697 days. Wow. And to celebrate that, I was like, hey, why, why don't we go out and run the Chicago Marathon I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, it is like the, the flattest marathon course in the country, but that isn't, that isn't the real reason. That's where I grew up. And so um, I didn't just go out and run 26.2 miles. I downloaded a training plan and I did 72 runs totaling 475 miles over six months. Then and only then uh, could I run that marathon. I think whatever it is, failing to plan is planning to fail. And so you, you kind of have to reverse engineer all of those things. Um, now, the, the marriage goal, I, I love that. I mean, for starters, you better stay in shape, right? You're going to have to live a while to, to hit that number, uh, number 50. But all of those, I think you figure out what are the lead measures, the inputs that are going to produce that kind of outcome. And I mean, Brian, there are lots of things we can't control. But, but there are also a lot of things that we can control from an input level. And uh, that, that really is kind of the heart of the book. You, you control what you control.
0: So you've got seven daily habits. I'll give them to you and you, you tell us something about it. Number one is flip the script. What's that?
1: Yep, if you wanna change your life, change your story. What story are you telling yourself? Because it's either empowering you or disabling you. And so it's the headspace. You got to get the headspace right, the the story that you're telling yourself. And uh, that that idea of turning a complainer into someone who's grateful, that's a great example of flipping the script. And, uh, you know, in my faith matrix, uh, scripture is the script cure, that it's one way that I kind of flip the script and I dial into the story that I believe God is writing through each and every one of us.
0: Habit number two, kiss the wave.
1: Yeah, it's it's a Charles Spurgeon allusion. He said, I have learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. It's a powerful idea. And when you encounter an obstacle, you know, Marcus Aurelius, the obstacle is not the enemy. The obstacle is the way. And so you have to ask the question, what have you come to teach me during tough times? And, you know, my my wife is walking through a a cancer battle right now. We're doing great. We're going to get to the other side. We're halfway through radiation But she's asking that question, what have you come to teach me? Because we want to learn whatever lesson it is, get to the other side of it, and get on with life. Habit three, eat the frog. Yeah, Uh, Mark Twain said, if you ever have to eat a live frog, do it first thing in the morning then you'll know that the hardest thing is behind you, which is ridiculous <laughs> uh, and hilarious. That's good. <laughs> uh,
0: so start that right away. I love that. Number four,
1: fly the kite. Well, I, I love history. And so uh, the the very first suspension bridge built across the Niagara Gorge, it was like this engineering Huge accomplishment, but but how do you start it? How do you get the first cable? Well, they did it with a kite flying contest. It was a kite string that crossed that gorge, and then they attached a stronger rope and then a cable, and before you know it, it's a suspension bridge that uh, will carry a 170-ton locomotive. And so the big idea there is if you do little things like they're big things, God has a way of doing big things like they're little things.
0: Okay, now I'm learning how you can be on the bestseller list, and I can't. Where do you get these stories? <laughs> My gosh, flying a kite and one string and then a little larger one. This is amazing. This is good stuff.
1: I love it. Well, maybe I read too much. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't.
0: I, that's great.
1: So do something small
0: and hopefully enjoy it because people like using a kite. That's good stuff.
1: Habit number five, cut the rope. Yeah, well, playing it safe is risky. And uh, I I don't want to, you know, turn this into history class, but the term elevator pitch actually comes from an actual moment when a guy named Elisha Otis cut a rope on a platform that was about four stories up. He was the inventor of the elevator safety brake and maybe the greatest sales pitch ever at the World's Fair. And uh, next thing you know, there are all these skyscrapers popping up around New York City. Why? Well, without an elevator, who wants to walk the stairs? But once you have an elevator, now uh, hundreds of skyscrapers start being built in New York City but it, it really comes down to this moment when Elisha Otis cut the rope. And so, Brian, I'll say this. Do your homework, you know, you do your groundwork, but you and I both know, like, at some point, y- you gotta throw down the gauntlet. At some point, you gotta throw caution to the wind. At some point, you gotta take that calculated risk. I mean, I think that's kind of the essence of aggressiveness, right? Like, at some point, you just gotta go set ready. You've
0: gotta jump, right? And there's always a there's always an uncertainty. There's always an X factor. There's always a high likelihood it won't work. That's why it's aggressive. I mean, if, if, I mean, right. I mean, if it made sense and it was going to work, it wouldn't be aggressive. It would just be a logical thing I should do right now.
1: Yeah. So are you telling me, Brian, you didn't get a money back guarantee when you started, uh, risking things no 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 i never have never <laughs> yeah, have
0: me neither and you know our culture mark they just um we don't reward risk takers i mean we reward them after the fact like a steve jobs or something like that who actually makes it but in the early phases when someone is taking a risk there are very few people who will come alongside them encourage them mostly yeah. it's i don't know about that's right i don't think you're doing the right thing and I th- i think the reason why that is is we're all threatened when we see somebody else cut the rope. Yep. You know, it's like that old illustration of the whole crabs in the bucket. Maybe you invented that. Illustrations, since you have all great illustrations in your book. You know, you know the one I'm talking about? No. Oh my gosh. You on. cannot use this one. I have okay. to have this in my book. <laughs> you can't have this. It's, okay, all right. It's, it's an often repeated story, at least in my circles. I hope it's true. It works for me. Um, when you go crabbing, like I used to see people do when I was a kid down off the piers in, in Florida, when you would get a bunch of little crabs, you would put them in the bucket. And you wouldn't need to have a lid on the bucket if you had one crab in the bucket. You had to have a lid on it because that one crab is going to crawl out. But if you have a bunch of crabs in there, all the other crabs pull down the one who keeps trying to pull out. They're trying Come to keep on. them. Yeah, they're trying to keep them on the same level. Um, it's it, it's something about. Here's another one. I have a, a buddy of mine who. I'm giving you two illustrations. This one's uh, this one I know is for real. A good buddy of mine, and when he was uh, in college, he was working at a slaughterhouse and these pigs would come in and they, uh, all these slaughterhouse guys while he worked during the summer, they called him college because they kind of were jealous and just picking at him college. And, and, and this one, this one, uh, pig snapped the tail off another pig. And, and the guys we worked with said, watch this college. And they were all in the back of this semi truck trailer, just crammed in. And he said there was this, like, earthquake shake that started the back of the thing and moved all the way to the front. The whole thing was shaking. I was coming off the wheels. And then it stopped. Everything was calm. And what happened was once one of them got their tail bit off, he bit somebody else's tail off. And all the tails got bitten off. And once they all were on the same level, they were like, oh, okay, we're happy now. All's good. We, we have that thing in us as human beings. We're threatened when someone's taking new territory. We're threatened that somebody might be winning and I'm not winning. You can win.
1: Them winning has nothing to do with you winning, but we're threatened by that. Hey, Brian, I have your next book title. What's that? In a Trailer with a Pig on a Bumpy Road.
0: <laughs> that would work. All right. Number six, the sixth daily habit to
1: win the day. You say to wind the clock. Yep. Time is measured in minutes, but life is measured in moments, and so you want to manage the minutes i, I think that 's good stewardship, but you also have to manage the moments and I think you know let 's put on our dad hats, Brian. There are moments when that are teachable moments for our kids, and you 're going to make a lot of mistakes as a parent, but those are kind of critical moments where if you can identify the teachable moment. Now you can maybe show grace where someone was expecting something else, or or you can actually kind of pull off that sermon on the mount where you bless people who curse you and turn the other cheek and go the extra mile. I, I think winding the clock is about certainly you know making the most of the minutes, but it's really those moments that we're going to look back on uh, in our lives and say, hey, th- those that's when time stood still, and so ironically, I think winding the clock is identifying those moments
0: enjoying and soaking up each one that 's good yep. word, and then the seventh daily habit to win the day you say is to seed the clouds
1: yeah it 's a it 's a fun it 's a marvel of modern science, like you can actually drop dry ice in a cloud and it will produce condensation. I mean, I could have just said seed the ground, but that's not as fun, Brian. Mm-hmm. So I love this idea of imagining unborn tomorrows. You've got to sow today what you want to see tomorrow. And and everybody knows it's true, but very few of us make those hard decisions now. Like you brought up uh, children's education. Oh man, you, you better not start thinking about that when they're in high school. That might be a little late in the game. And so I think seeding the clouds is, um, you know, getting out in front of things easier said than done, but you really, you have some of those longer term goals that you uh, plan and prepare for. You
0: know, speaking of kids for education, you said something or wrote something, I think it was something I wrote, I've I've written a bunch of your Read a bunch of your books because I you are, you really are good writer. I'm, I'm I'm having fun with you. You really are good writer. You have some really Thank good you. stuff out. And you mentioned in one of your books that you had a goal to pay for your grandchildren's college education. Yeah, and you wrote that. You and I are about the same age. How old are you? Yeah, fifty one. So you're fifty one. I'm fifty five. So when I read that, I was still trying to. It was gosh, probably two decades ago that you talked about that. When, when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I'm not even sure I'm going to pay for my own kids' college. And here is this guy who has a goal to pay for his kids' kids' college. I was really challenged by that. Huh, um, wow, How's that gone so far? Well,
1: I mean, we, we have to have grandkids first, but- Oh, you don't um, have any grandkids yet? No, not okay. not yet. I, right. I will say this, the the kids education, it kinda helped that I happened to land on a university board of directors, Brian. Can I am I allowed Fine. to say that? Absolutely. Um But then, uh, you know, we really, we operate on this principle, flip the blessing. So wherever we've been blessed, what inspired me is that I had a grandmother that, I mean, she lived on social security, but somehow left this inheritance that paid for my college education. And so like, I just want to flip that blessing for my grandkids, great grandkids. And, you know, we tend to think right here, right now, God's thinking nations and generations. So how do we think in those 70 year timelines? What can we, be doing today that really is going to make a difference seventy years from now. I
0: just think that's a fantastic example of doing today what you want to be rewarded for tomorrow, or doing today what you want to be blessed by tomorrow. That's a that's just really guttural for me. Let's let's put it in the in in the more emotional camp uh, right now, Mark. If we've got forget about these goals for a moment, or these things that we want of marathons or hunting trips or marriages or college education. What about when we're just stressed out, freaked out, anxiety, depression? A recent Gallup poll found that 60% of U.S. adults feel daily stress and worry. How do your habits intersect with our emotional health?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, If you are totally focused on the situation that you find yourself in, it can be absolutely overwhelming. And so I really believe in that old adage, look both ways. Now, it works in crossing the street too when we're little kids, but I think you have to look back Uh, remember the past. I think you have to look forward, remember the future. Uh, This idea, don't lose faith in the end of the story. And you almost have to zoom out a little bit to kind of get that perspective or pop the periscope. Um, And and I'll say this, Brian, these are tough times to lead, tough times to live. Um, The challenges can be pretty overwhelming, but I think these are moments where you have to learn to stay calm and carry on. Um, You know, I love Edwin Friedman talked about leadership being a non-anxious presence. And for what it's worth, I don't think anybody epitomized that better than Jesus stood up in a boat and said to the wind, uh, stop, and said to the waves, peace be still. I I just think that there does come a moment. I hope it's okay for me to kind of get my preach on a little bit where where you stop talking to God about your problems and you start talking to your problems about God. You begin to declare Mm, his goodness, his faithfulness, his favor, his love, his grace, his peace. And, uh, you know, part of that is flip the script, which takes us all the way back to habit number one. But, uh, you know, it's confronting the brutal facts with unwavering faith, which is that Stockdale paradox. And I think we have to do it as leaders in a corporate setting, but we also have to do it uh, individually to help overcome some of that daily stress that all of us experience. Mark Batterson, are you
0: ready for the lightning round? This is where I I give you a topic and you gotta give it to me like one or two sentences. Are you ready? Okay,
1: I'm a little nervous, I'm a little nervous, but I'm ready. Most important
0: habit you've adopted in your life.
1: Daily Bible reading plan.
0: One habit you haven't fully integrated into your life but you want to.
1: Fasting because I like food. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Eat the frog. One thing you don't like doing but you feel better after finishing it.
1: Oh, I mean working out. I, it's it's still hard for me but I feel great afterwards discipline myself to do it i'm getting my miles on my bike right now because i'm training for a bike century so breaking the sweat
0: best advice or wisdom you've ever gotten
1: you know what i have a friend who used to work as the homeland security and counterterrorism deputy and he said i reserve the right to get smarter later that's that's so good good. take some pressure off
0: all right, you are a pastor in the heart of DC. You know, you're you're right there with all the problems we have. So with this last lightning round question. People need to understand that politicians are
1: people. People. I didn't realize you wanted me to fill in the blank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? I think Brian, I want to say thank you for your voice in this sphere, because I've, I've read some of what you've written. And I, I think this is a moment for us to stand in the gap as peacemakers, grace givers, tone setters. And it's not easy, but we we do have to remember that, uh, they are people like us.
0: Mark, is there anything else you want to talk about that I haven't pitched you?
1: No, I love it, Brian. So fun just to hang out and uh, I'm excited. I want to see some pictures from that hunting trip. <laughs> well, are you a hunter? <laughs> I'm not, but. Would you be? Because uh, as of I yesterday, know. I'm trying
0: to fill out my hunting party. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually working on, I've thought about just putting on all my Instagram accounts and saying, look, I need three dudes who want to go, who want to go hunting $25 application fee. Just so I know that you're serious, non-refundable. And then we're—I'm not a guide. We're not going to pay it. We're going to figure it out ourselves. We're all in on it together. I'm, I'm actually yep. toying around with doing that.
1: I have a feeling that as of right now, and I, wouldn't this very I wouldn't even charge you twenty-five dollars. <laughs> I wouldn't even charge you twenty-five dollars because I just want to know if people are serious about it. Yeah, I have a feeling that you just got the three spots filled.
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll see. I love we'll see. it. Ah, interesting. We'll see. we'll see. We'll see if somebody just done that little tease. Reaches out to me. I don't know. So it's, it's, it's in the works. All right, Mark, how can people get a hold of your book or follow up with you?
1: Yeah, markbatterson.com and at markbatterson on different social outlets. And I'd love to connect there. Average person spends 142 minutes on social media, Brian. So please, please dial that back just a little bit if you're listening. <laughs> but I, I am on there, but I try to be on there less than 142 minutes a day. Hold on. Yeah. 142 uh-huh. minutes a day it, is what the average it, person spends on yeah, social media. and it represents 15% of our waking hours. Wow. I, I'm on a little bit of wow. a mission. I, I just think wow. that it's y- you're kind of living vicariously in this social media sphere, and it's so new, Brian, that we still don't know exactly what kind of impact it's having on us. But, wow, that's an interesting note for us to end on. Wow.
0: Sheesh. <laughs> No kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, sure what my statistics are, but it's, it's a lot. And, man, you're right. If I put 142 minutes a day towards reading a good book, my life would look different at the end of the year. If I put 142 yes. minutes into listening to my wife every day, if I put 142 yep. minutes in the weight room, all the, if I put 142 yep. minutes a day in social media, at the end of the year, what am I going to have? Um, probably the same life with more bloodshot eyes.
1: Yeah, and a few more trollers, baiters. That's and, right.
0: uh, yeah, Mark, thanks for being with us today Always a pleasure, let's spend some real face time together And you've heard there, boys and girls Mark Batterson, 7 Habits to Start Winning Great having you today on The Aggressive Life Hey, do one of these things Don't just, don't just like listen to these habits Don't even have to do all 7 of them Pick one of them and do something It's the things that you do That define your future Not the information you hear Do something you heard today on The Aggressive Life well, this is the latest episode for this season. You might say, season? I don't understand the whole season thing. Like, well, is it a year? I, I don't understand it either. <laughs> Caleb, who's the podcast producer, says, we're coming to the end of a season. And I go, we are? It feels like it's only three months. Who says we even have a season? I don't even know podcasts are supposed to have season. Well, it's it's, it's it's a way that Caleb can be lazy for a couple weeks, I think I I, I don't understand it. Some things I just do because they tell me what to do. So anyway, we're off for a couple weeks. We're gonna start a new season, Tuesday, April sixth. We're gonna have a whole new run, and I would love for you to help us help people. That's why we're doing this. We're trying to help people. Our our passive weenie boy, weenie, weenie girl lives are not helping us. We're trying to get people to a new place. We want as many listeners as possible to help as many people as possible. So wherever you listen to podcasts, please put a review. Give us a, give us a good rating. Share this episode with a friend. Get the good word out, and we'll see you next season on The Aggressive Life. Hey, thanks for listening.